be awesome, Brent. Looking at We are back. Yes, we are. I'm here today with my co-host on the Getting It Right show, Brent Cassidy. I'm your host, Jose Ponce. And Brent, we are actually excited because we actually now have a cool guest from good old Washington, Missouri. Brian Sohn, welcome to the show, Brian. We're excited to have you, my man. Thanks for inviting me today. We are excited. Listen, you know, it's very, very seldom we get an opportunity to bring somebody as, uh, you know, in this case, Brian's not only experienced by um, uh, caliber of an agent, and then to top it off, where he's really succeeding at in the township that he's at, right? I mean... I, I always put that in perspective. You know, our show is always, you know, geared to real estate, entrepreneurship, getting it right, doing everything you're supposed to do to continue to grow and succeed as a business. But then the other factors are not only just succeeding, but where are you succeeding at? Right? Like, where exactly are you doing this? And most people think, oh, yeah, it's a big old city. Yeah, everybody has an opportunity to do the same thing. But you have to remember... Brian is working out of Washington, Missouri. Washington, Missouri, Franklin County. Franklin County, you know, which is the three, you know, Union and all the other uh, municipalities out there. But still, it's a small, it's a small capital. Yeah. And, and he's succeeding not only well. Big volume. But big volume. Listen, guys, Brian Sohn is the highest uh, volume agent in our organization. Last year, he closed $29 million, I believe, yeah. right under that. Yeah. This is team, team did the team, of course, but I mean, you know, and you're correct. It is your team that you guys produced this, but man, I can't wait to tell your story. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of jumping. I'm excited because it, we're going to have somebody here, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that honestly, he can tell you, uh, from where he's started to where he's at now to what his goals are. I mean, this guy is so driven that he has his plan of action already laid out for them. I'm sure the next five, 10 years, this guy. Oh, Welcome, Brian Sohn. Thank you for being a part of the show. We want to start off by immediately thanking our, our show sponsor for this episode, and that is Upkeep. Upkeep, Kevin uh, Pen Pennebaker. Am I, I don't want to, I don't right. want to br brutal his last right, name. Did I say it right, Brent? You're good. All right. Great organization. They have a great home warranty program that they offer here, and we are obviously, they're one of our preferred vendors, and we like, obviously, you know, Definitely talking and, 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 and bringing the word out to everyone about each and every uh, sponsor or vendor that we have on our shows. All right. Okay. Let's, let's attack this, Brent. We got a major, a major player here in front of us, man. We need, we need to get as much as we can out of him in the short time we, we have. So, Brian, tell me. What's up, man? How are you? Oh, going good. It's a good year this year. So I'm excited. It may be, may be the new best year this year. What? So, yeah, even though, you know, kind of had a lull in the middle when all the craziness <laughs> was going on. But sure. yeah, still excited to see what we finish up here at the end of the year and how, how the numbers stack up. So, Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really appreciate Washington so much. And a lot of people perhaps might not know, you know, our listeners or, or, or non-REMAX affiliates might not really know what Washington or, or where it kind of sits on that St. Louis map. But tell us a little bit about that town, man. Tell us wow. about how, you know, obviously you've lived yeah. there for a number of years. Yeah. Tell us about that town. So um, Washington's a great town. We have, I tell people, um, especially if they're from out of town, we have everything that you want on any kind of a daily basis from shopping to doctor's offices to 
you know, the downtown Washington has 30-something events downtown on the riverfront every year, um, except for when COVID steps in. Very cool and, downtown. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful downtown. Downtown wins awards. Yeah. So we get multiple awards. You know, we have the Washington Town and Country Fair, which is one of the biggest fairs in the state, and it's handled extremely well, and it wins national awards every year. So we're an environment where um, succeeding is expected. Mm-hmm. Um, not expected because... We just deserve it, but people work hard, and uh, it creates a very nice community. And um, and it's not just, you know, there's really good um, Franklin County as a whole. A lot of people don't understand. We're a first-class county, the same as St. Louis and St. Charles County, but at the same time, we like our rights. So we have, you know, it's a non-disclosure county. We don't have to tell you what we paid for our properties, so it keeps our property taxes down, and, and we like that too. That's yeah. a good thing. <laughs> That's a very good thing. <laughs> That's a great thing. So, Br- Brian, what, you know, uh, tell us a little bit about your background because you have a unique background prior to real estate. Yeah. And you 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 were in that environment for a number of years and you just said, "Look, I'm doing real estate." Yeah. How well, did you how did you tackle into that cuz we always yeah. want to hear everything, right? We yeah. want to get to really know you. Yeah. So, I went to college, I have a drafting degree. And so when I went to college, I took every drafting and every pre-engineering course offered and took 20 to 22 hours a semester and I graduated with that degree and um I wanted to be a draftsman. And at that time there wasn't much work to do. And so then I had to do a few odd jobs and I worked as a carpenter for a little while and um but then I got into drafting. But when I was 20, I started my own business also doing drafting for architects, engineers, contractors, and um, not moonlighting, real work. And so um, as a draftsman, I draw 10 different disciplines. Most draftsmen draw one or two. And um, that goes back to all the classes I took in college and then practical experience. And so I had that drafting business, New Hope Designs, for 23 years. So, um, you know, kind of overlapped into real estate a little bit, but... Um, drafting's an industry though, and industries can disappear overnight. Mm-hmm. And so, um, once I realized, I was talking to Brent the other day, once I realized that I did sales as part of running my business, um, I thought, well, where can I use all this knowledge, you know, from engineering, architecture, surveying and everything without going back to college and just learning a new career. And I was like, I can use that in real estate. So um, I started looking into real estate and I noticed that a lot of the top agents were um, late 60s, early 70s, and I was like, there's an opening there. You know, if I can get into real estate and I can get to the top of that market, um, if there's any waves in the market, I'll just ride them on the top. I thought it was interesting what you said the other day, Brian, was um, you were doing this drafting, and it came to you just one day, kind of hit, you like, well, I haven't been in sales, but I've been in sales the whole time here. Yeah, I've been selling myself and my business so that people will use me, and that kind of clicked for you. And he said, gosh, real estate would work great. Yeah, so I, I took my classes online. I ran my business, and it took me like six months to do my classes, but um, it was worth it. And I kept the bills paid, and I got my classes in. And I think I learned more because taking a shorter – and instead of that short three weeks that some people do – um, because it took me six months, I think I retained more of it. Sunk in more. Yeah, yeah more sunk in, and so which is nice too. And um, but then when I got into real estate, um, you know, I, I, I pick on my dad all the time because you know he bet me a hundred dollars I couldn't make back the cost of getting my license. <laughs> That's motivation, right? Wow, uh, <laughs> that will so, get you going. Yeah, so I um, you know, he told me a part-time job at Walmart would pay me better, and, uh, <laughs> and he was he was looking out for my best interest. Sure, so absolutely, was, you know, as any parent and, would. And you know, for him. 
he'd seen a lot of, a lot of teachers go into real estate and never really make any money in it. And, um, so then I, you know, I beat that with my first two sales and, um, I see my dad is pleasantly disappointed <laughs> so, and, um, but, but he's, he's definitely supportive. You know, he's, he, he's, I'm sure you gave him a different outlook in life now that you're very successful. Yeah. And he's like, well, yeah. that's a good time for me to be proven wrong. As a parent, yeah. that would be the type of scenario that I would love to be proven wrong, right? I, I owed him money at the time, so I didn't collect. So. <laughs> Excellent. But, you know, Brian brings up a good point. Not everybody and a lot of people don't make it. Oh, yeah. So what was it? What was your mindset when you when you went in and t- start tackling this because you have to have a mindset to go into a business to build a business. Yeah. Well, I think understanding how my limited knowledge, I've learned a lot since I started about business that I hadn't even picked up beforehand, but my limited knowledge of business and how I ran my business and setting up a corporation, all that stuff. Um, I think that really helped me. Oh yeah. And the, the drive um, to meet all my deadlines and everything in my, previous business mm-hmm. and, you know, taking care of clients and phone skills and, you know, all of that carried over. And I was talking to, uh, you know, my assistant and I was talking about a young agent that I'm going to um, be, t- you know, letting shadow me. And um, she was like, oh, we, we all, we all started there at one point. And I told her, no, that's not really true. Mm-hmm. I didn't start there. Um, I came into it with a set of skills that most people won't learn in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then I capitalized on that, and I, I think yeah. I've used it to, you know, definitely my benefit, but I, I think it benefits my clients on a daily basis. Yeah, no, I agree. You know, and those set of skills are understanding the concept of the industry and and the discipline you talk about. You know, that, the yeah. discipline for sure, Brent, for sure is key yeah. to success. You, you, you got to c- continue to grind each and every know, day. Keeping track of files and clients and information and understanding all the details and yeah. not dropping them. And, you know, but in, in drafting, I handled an amount of detail that most people would just puke if they had to consume. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about someone who's been in the real estate industry for how many years now? Nine years now. Nine years, guys. Nine years. And in his first five years of those, he was well over breaking $20 million, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, Brian? Let's see. So I started in 27. Or give us a timeline. Better yet, give us a time. Year one, because you have it down. Yeah, knows. Give, us, give us the year one, year two, and all the way up. I started volume in August wise. of 2012. And so, um, but in that first year, I did one and a half. Then I did, um, I did 3.1. I did 6.7. And then 11.7. And then 20 and a half. And so, and that's how many years in though? That's, that's, um, one, three, that's six, five, 11, 20 and a half. Yeah. yeah at five. five. That's what I thought. Yeah. Cause I, I believe you and I, over the past, you know, years, we've always discussed his success level because in a five year timeline, he broke that $20 million mark. Not a lot of people do it in any city. Yeah. Let alone in a, in a city of that size mm-hmm. where he's coming from. Complete success rate, right? Complete success story, I should say. Now, let's talk about that story because, you know, you, you've been very proactive and geared into, you know, your, 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 your area, your grid. What really drives you or how do you look at, let's rephrase that because I really want to know, and I think everybody would want to know, including our listeners and Brent and, you know, Will too. How are you gauging your future, your business? How are you saying, okay, 
I'm do I've did 20 million five and or and now you're doing 29 million and plus whatever. How are you seeing 2022 and what actions are you taking if any to forecast your 2022 and what's your goal? Oh. Um so um my goal is always um all right, so I'll take you back to when I sold um you know when I was at 6.7 and Greg was my broker at the time. Mm-hmm. And so Greg was trying to talk to me. All right, so, you know. You and know, Greg, for the listeners and everyone else, Greg Koch is my predecessor, my dear, dear friend who used to previously own this organization. Yeah, and so Greg was, you know, when I came to him, um, when I started at the company, he he took me with a grain of salt. And he's like, okay, yeah, you, you think you're going to do this, but, you know, we'll just see how you do. And, and after the first year, he's like, you're good. Just do whatever you want. <laughs> and, um, but then I had 6.7 that year and we we're talking about the next year's goals. And, and, um, he's like, well, why, why don't you shoot for like 7 million or maybe like 7.2 next year? And I was like, I think 12 sounds a lot better. And he's like, well, <laughs> you, you want to set a goal that's going to be reachable, uh, attainable. obtainable. And, um, I just told him, well, here's my perspective. I'll set my goal at 12. And if I, if I fall short, we'll celebrate. Mm-hmm. I said, but I know I can beat your goal. So, and you did. And I did. I got 11.7. I just <laughs> fell short. But, I, and, you know. But, I mean, you almost doubled your numbers. Almost you know? doubled again. And which then, is great. Which you would say, oh, you can't do that again. Well, the next year I did 20 and a half. Yeah. So, and those are my personal numbers. I had team numbers. Sure, that, absolutely. You know, but, um, you know, and yeah, I'm not saying that to brag, but it's exciting. And it's, mm-hmm. it's neat to know what's possible. And for people to say, you can't do that. Or, well, but there's a unique, there's obviously something unique about you that, obviously allows you to do those numbers and it's not just because you're out there and your you know clients are just w- coming towards you you know you have you you have great customer re- client relationships but tell me so that we we understand what is that what is that what is it that drive clients to you um i think one i'm confident about what i know i think you know a degree of confidence people are attracted to confidence um they want to know that you're comfortable with what you're telling them, not that you're just kind of reaching. And so it's kind of hard to fake true confidence. And, um, you know, not that I know everything, but what I do know, I got a good grasp of. And then, you know, so there's a degree of confidence. Um, I never pushed my sphere of influence. Um, I never sent out emails. I didn't send out texts. I didn't make phone calls to everybody I knew. I hit the ground running, working the market. And, um, you know, and you know, we always talk about Zillow. Zillow is like the monster over in the corner, but they didn't used to be. When I started, Zillow was the best branding opportunity in the market. And so people don't understand the difference between branding and the difference in advertising. And so when they started, they were a true branding opportunity. It was and we will touch base about that because having Brian here, it's a good opportunity for us to really ask that question, right? Mm-hmm. That, that elephant in the room question yeah. of Zillow. But we'll talk about that. Yeah. But continue. But so it was a true branding opportunity. And, um, you know, my first year in real estate, you know, I only was spending a couple hundred dollars a month. But I was in front of over a million people in my local market, you know, through Zillow, through my expre- uh, the expressions at the times that I showed up on on a search. And, um, so I really, um, I, I had a mind to understand the difference between advertising and branding and no branding was a long play as opposed to a short, you know, short play for my business. And, um, but 
um, you know, Washington, it's, it's a great community, but it's also known as the who you know community. Mm-hmm. And um, the who is, for the most part, is makes up the families that are generationally, you know, you go back in the history of Washington and those families, for the most part, are the who. They're not bad. You know, they're good people. But, um, but you don't really become part of them because you moved to town. And being successful doesn't make you part of them. But I'd worked around them for, you know, for decades. And, um, you know, and I, you know, I say I'm not a who and I'll never be a who, but the who knows who I am. And that's good enough for me. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you that's know, a great analogy. Who knows who I am. Yeah, I the like who knows that. who I am. And, you know, and so I do my job and I serve well. And if I get to work with them, thank you. And if I'm not, that's all right, too. You know, I'll Certainly. work with who comes to me. And, and then as far as my sphere, you know, uh, reaching a level of success, my sphere comes to me now, you know, because they know I'm successful. They know I do a good job and they hear what I've done for other people. And so then those, it doesn't stretch my personal relationships or my other business relationships. Because when I started, I was still running my drafting business and doing real estate. So, you know, I don't want to compromise my business I've had for two decades you know, for something I'm just starting, you know, because those are relationships are valuable to me. And so, you know, I, um, I treated them with a high degree of respect because it took a long time to earn them. And I didn't want to, didn't want to squeeze those. You do a great job at getting reviews also. Yeah. Uh, We definitely need to talk about that. So many people leave that on the table and, you know, Brian, you and I have talked about this, that, When's the best time to ask somebody for a review? That's when they are really excited and feel right. really happy what's right. when happened. when they just closed and you hand them the keys and you say, hey, will you give me a review? And they're like, sure, we'll give you a review. You know, endorphins are high, mm-hmm. everybody's excited, and you send them a text. Make it nice and easy right there on their phone to, to give you the review. And, and, you know, I have better results than most people. And I have, you know, 100 and some odd reviews on Zillow and, I think I'm 50-something reviews now on Google Maps, and I got reviews on multiple other sites out there. I kind of move them around. I, d- I try not to park them in one place. But you keep that as part of your system, too. It's not like, ah, well, I didn't ask those five for reviews. I'll ask them for a review. That's just something you do. Yeah, and I think that comes down to the rigidity in my mind of when I was being a draftsman for so many years. There's so many things that you, you have to do right. There's details that have to be there every time, and saving file structures and, and everything in my head. That, so that rigidity of how I think from doing two decades plus of doing drafting, I think really helps me to stay disciplined where other people have never formulated how are they going to handle that much information. Yeah. Reviews are evergreen too. Yeah, they don't get old. I, re- yeah. Reviews are somebody standing on the street corner selling for you 365 days a year. Jumping up and down saying, hey, yeah, flying Brian's great, Brian's great, Brian's great. Reviews are golden. Yeah. You know. They never expire. Yep. They never expire. I always and say that to people. It, they it, never it, expire. It, you want to capture that moment when it's done and they're happy and you've served them well. And then, you know, to top it off, it's better when they come back. Exactly. You know, and, um, you know, like Zillow will only let you have one review. I got really upset about that one time. Somebody tried to give me a second review, so Zillow took down their first review. And um, I was like, well, that's not fair. And so the um, CEO of Zillow did a um, video, and it just came out on um, LinkedIn, and they were encouraging dissent within their company, basically people giving comments about things they didn't like so that they could grow. And um, I was one of the first people to see it, and I got one of the first comments on the video, 
And I said, it's interesting that you're encouraging dissent within your company, but you won't take feedback from your own clients. I said, I got a second review from a happy client and you took down both of mine. And so I got within about an hour, I got a phone call from the other person that was on the video with them. And by that was on a Saturday. And uh, by Monday, they had my reviews back up. What? Look at that. Are you, you're listening at first hand here, folks. How about that? This is how, you know, you know what they say, that Kevin Bacon thing, right? You're six, six, uh, yeah. what is it? Six degrees of separation yeah. or whatever. This is what, it, I mean, literally, how cool is that? that yeah, and that so, happened from somebody here. And, and yeah, because, I mean, I earned that review. It's absolutely. Not, it's, not it's not theirs to take away from. And it. you know what? And then you can't put a value to it, right? So you want to make sure you protect it. Yeah. Correct. You want to protect right. it. And the client only gave me a review because they were happy. They're like, Brian sure. did a great job another time. We're going to give him another review. He did it before I even asked. And they took down both of his reviews. Mm-hmm. That's and incredible. And I was like, that's not. That's I'm not glad you had the. the, the Stay determined on the, something yeah, like that. Acts, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, had to embarrass them into. Yeah. Hey, it is what it is. Yeah. Hey, listen, Brian, here's the other thing that we want. I want to ask, and I'm sure a lot of people would like to know. And we're talking about reviews. We're talking about, you know your infrastructure, but because you're out of the Washington area, which is like you mentioned, it's a who's who's of who you knows, or it's a smaller tight knit community. How are you balancing out the, which our industry, which is vastly heavy of technology, automation, making sure everything's autonomous. I can never say that word. Brian always helps me. (laughs) Autonomous. Yeah, that one. Uh, You know, how are you, how are you keeping the humanization in your business? Because now as an organization and in general, I even hear it now on a national level, how real estate is getting to the point that we want everything to be a button and then everything's done for you. And that's not in our industry. You just can't do that. No, it's relationship. I mean, people give me a hard time because I always have a Bluetooth earbud in. And um, I, if a client will allow me, I will talk to them all the time over texting or emails and um, verbal communication. Actually, uh, verbal isn't the right word. Um, one of my agents corrected me on that. He's an attorney. But, um, so, um, but oral communication. Oral is the yeah. word. Thank you very much. No problem. <laughs> so, oral communication. See, I know some stuff. That was right? great, Jose. You know, so I come in the clutch every now and then. That was fantastic. Oral communication is the best way to maintain relationships. And, um, you know, it's not unusual for me to have 80 plus phone calls a day. And so I have 80 plus phone calls, plus text, plus emails and appointments. And, um, and I maintain that on a daily basis, but I'm working 12 hours on an average day. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't even fathom working that much. And um, at the same time, I enjoy my job. Um, you know, I was talking to Brent beforehand and, and we were just talking about, you know, kind of the, um, the driver energy and, and stuff. And it's, um, when you enjoy it, it isn't, it really isn't work the same way. So, um, you know, real estate always revolves around right life and it, it's very dramatic. And so the drama can be draining, but the work itself is enjoyable. And I enjoy working with my clients and taking care of them. I'm sure it's very and, gratifying. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm doing a closing right now. It's the fourth time I've served these clients, you know, and I've served their family members and the, I have both sides of the deal and I have multiple deals with the other side and I've served their family members too. And, um, you know, and so it's, it, it's nice when your clients, they don't know how things are going to go, but they know it's going to work out because both sides trust you and they mm-hmm. know that 
you're going to take both of them through the end and it's, they're both going to come out good. Mm-hmm. A lot of satisfaction in that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We, get, we, we have to ask you the, the question, the elephant in the room question. But before we do that, we want to go ahead and announce or, or, or thank our, our feature sponsor for this episode. And that's with Upkeep Home Warranty with Kevin Pannebecker. 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 Uh, Kevin, I know you're going to be listening to this. <laughs> I apologize. I'm horrible at last names. But we love your product. We absolutely love it. And we appreciate you sponsoring us for this episode. But let's let's go back to the million dollar question, man. Zillow, Zillow, yeah, Zillow. Zillow. I know you've you've always been a uh, um, uh, advocate of them, like you mentioned in the in their heyday or in the beginning, they were a great branding source, a great or you know uh, uh, platform for you to really get brand awareness out and do such. Yep. Now, you've been with them for a number of years now. How do you see them now going? Where they're go- gearing into, and then also. The major, uh, you know, let's call it a deficit because it was a deficit. They buy 7,000 homes, they blunder, and now they're unloading these things at even lower prices that they purchased oh, for. And, and here's the more methodical, unique scenario. They use their Zestimate to buy those homes. That was their first mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so... They um, use their Zestimate, Brent. So, so, you know, listen. So it's in the St. Louis market, if you go into Zillow, Zillow gives themselves a D rating for their own ability to price a house in the St. Louis market. And um, then outside of that, you go to Franklin County. Franklin County is a non-disclosure county. So, so Zillow uses tax records. Yeah. Well, in St. Louis County, that tax record will show what it sold for. But in Franklin County, it doesn't mm-hmm. show anything. It's, it only shows what's borrowed. And um, so, you know, they have... And we don't have a dense enough population. You know, we think of St. Louis. We're a big, you know, we, we think of ourselves as a city. And you talk to people from other cities and they call us a big town. Yeah. But, um, yep. you know, that's at their loss. We have everything they have. And usually we have it better. But um, so, um, you know, but we don't have that dense population. We don't have subdivisions with 500 homes that are built on two floor plans and they have five fronts, you know. And so Zillow can do a good job when everything's identical. But um, out here, we have a lot of custom homes, even in St. Louis. You know, a lot of them are custom. And um, so homes aren't identical. And so they give themselves a D rating. And then I called them one time and said, how am I supposed to work with these estimates? Because, you know, you're off so much. And they said, well, you're the salesperson. It's your problem to sell around. I was like, well, thanks a lot. You know, wow. and, um, it, yeah. we're all a team here. <laughs> Go team. Yeah. So that's your problem. So, um, but, um. You know, Zillow would describe, I, actually, I've had a, several different um, reps at Zillow over the years. A couple of them gave me some good advice. Um, one of them was the first one, and she said, well, you know, I, I asked about, you know, well, this house is already sold or, you know, this information's wrong. And they said, okay, so this is what you need to keep in mind. You're a realtor and you're selling real estate, and your problem is somebody that wants to buy a house has called you. That's the point. Somebody that wants to buy a house has just called you. Mm-hmm. That's where you take your job. Mm-hmm. You know, they did their job. They got somebody that wants to buy a house to be in communication Basically, with Basically, they got the phone ring on your behalf. Yeah. Right? And um, then, you know, and then another one described, you know, Zillow as, you know, a watering hole in Africa. It may not be clean. It may not be good information, it, but it's the only water and all the animals are at it. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to hunt for animals, you go where there the they are. Is. And so they keep the biggest pool of water regardless of the quality. 
And um, I don't know that that's the best business model, but it's their business model. And um, they've done that for years, you know. But as far as they've, they've changed, though, they were branding. Then they kind of switched from branding to selling advertising. And then they went from here now, I would say that's less advertising to more. It really is kind of what they used to be called in selling leads. Mm-hmm. And I think it was to other agents. Um, demise that they didn't understand branding when it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they've really, um, I, I don't know that it's much of a branding opportunity anymore. I yeah, think it's know. interesting what you brought up when we were talking about this, Brian, that you are actively setting up your world to where if you need to, you can move from Zillow because of how you're structuring yourself now. So if going out, you can see, okay, this is, this is something I use mm-hmm. and I, I, I have value because of what I've used, but you also are creating an infrastructure around that so that you can transition. Well, yeah. to, to that point, and, and I agree with you, and he mentioned that before, and I think Brian does understand that you know, organic business is the best direction to have a functional growing business. If you depend, which there's a lot of agents in our market that are very dependent on the Zillow lead generation system, whatever they have to offer now, which I think right now is very diluted in my opinion, but that's my point, my opinion. Other people still have a great success with them, more power to them. But there's going to be a time that, and, and it's happening already, Brent and Brian, it's already happening. I'm starting to very much see with my own eyes, people are wanting to have that in touch community, you know, outreach again. They want to be able to touch and feel. Millennials use a realtor more than any other generation. Yeah. And, and the thing is they were saying, Oh no, millennials want to do it from a button and, and press the phone. No, they'll rather talk to somebody here. Just I'm approved. Help me, help me. Right. And all the stuff that they've been taught in school and college and what their parents have taught them, they haven't taught them how to live life. Mm-hmm. And oh, so, so this is a huge step in life. And that's where that, personal interaction and that relationship with their realtor the realtor is walking them through how to take this next step in life and adulthood and so you're giving them the you know i tell people i i educate i advise and i follow your directions because i can be confident in following your directions because i did my job in educating and advising you yeah so you can be confident when you make that decision and you can know i'm going to be there to support you and so and that is what that millennial needs They, they, they need somebody to come in and fill that gap where us as a society has let them down yeah. you know, because they didn't learn anything about that in high school and they didn't learn anything about it in college. And it's not something you talk about it around the dinner table. And so they know they need to move forward and they know that buying a house is part of that step, but nobody's equipped them. Right. And they they don't feel confident. No, they, they want, they're seeking confidence. They're seeking somebody that's going to come in yeah. and answer the questions that they don't know how to ask. And so you have to step in and figure out what they learned or what they haven't learned. And then you just fill those voids with the knowledge they need. And um, not that you're puffing them up, you're just equipping them. And then, you know, once they're equipped, they'll make decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that they won't or they can't. It's just, they don't have the foundation to work from. It's called rehumanization. That's right. (laughs) We say it, we say it quite often here in this, in these podcasts, man, you know, rehumanization, bringing the awareness back to our industry that we do need to have human interaction and not only for our benefit, but it's for the benefit of the clients, Mm -hmm. 
benefit yeah. of the clients. It gives them peace of mind. It Absolutely. It the stress they have in the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a, a press of a button does not give you the true understanding of what our industry is. Yeah. You have to have that human interaction. Now, uh, with that being said, go yeah. ahead. Oh, I was going to say, with Zillow, the reason I still work with Zillow is because for my dollar, they're still producing probably one of the better returns for my dollar and my spend. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, advertising is part of business. Right. And if, you know, if somebody can give me a better, a better tool, I'm happy to have a better tool. But until somebody produces it or I create something myself, um, I'll use what works. And but you're using it, again, not a platform for brand awareness. Mm-hmm. M- more, more and more agents think that that's how they're going to build their business off of Zillow. And if they're, and in my opinion, if you're going in it in that manner, you're you're not doing yourself any justice. Brand awareness. I always tell people, if you want to have a, an instrument such as Zillow or Home uh, Homes.com, anything for that matter, use it as a brand tool, branding tool. Don't get don't get your don't focus your whole business into that aspect because organic business, referral business is where it's at. It's well, where it's you, at. And you should never put anything all in one basket anyway you know one of the things we do with new agents is is we say okay let's break this into three columns what can we do that's old-fashioned what can we do that's automated and what can we do in the social empire world and you try to blend all that so that you have something in all that and then it kind of just blends itself what you're talking about jose is yeah you, you should use the things that work just don't make it the thing so that you don't... That your life depends on it. Yeah. Your, your life is your business. Because the rug yeah, could be I, pulled out. I, yeah. I, I hear about, you know, other agents that have spins that, that are five times what I spend yeah. at Zillow. And I'm just like, I mean, I, I see how they do it. And they, it's just a ex- spreadsheet. And they put this money in. And they expect to get this money out. And yeah. build a business. And they scale it off of that. Yeah. And um, to me, that's a business that, you know, you knock one leg out and it's going to collapse. Yeah. House and of cards. They don't have anything, really. You know, they, they may be putting out a lot of numbers, but I, I don't see how they're really building anything, um, you know, with, sustainable. with longevity yeah. or sustainable. Yeah. Absolutely. Brian, you know, you, you mentioned about your team. You have a team. Yeah. Who do you have, man? Who's on your team? Um, well, right now I have um, my assistant, Kathy, and then I have an investor, and that's Jeff, Jeff Zing. And um, so Kathy Weir and Jeff Singh, and then um, I have um, a new agent, um, John Weir, and uh, he's an attorney also, so that brings a unique um, piece to the conversation. And then um, I have an agent that's leaving me and going out on their own, but Corey Davis has been with me this year, but he won't be next. And then um, going from there, I'm looking forward to my daughter. That's she'll, awesome. Yeah, Molly. So she's working on her she's license. Awesome. And so She'll be a member of my team. Yeah. And then um, I have another Bernie Haberberger. Excellent. And so, um, so that's the team. How, and, uh, you know, and growing your team, and that's awesome because you keep building. Every year you're always adding an extra little golden nugget to your, your business and your team. How is it being a team lead? And is there expectations and or expectations on you or on your team? Or how is it that you, you look, I'm in this position and we're being successful but what, what are your goals or your implementation to your team that keeps moving you each and every day? Yeah, I am. Um, I haven't built a team the same as I think everybody has. I've built a team of unique individuals. Um, anybody that meets me tell you that I'm, I'm unique or odd, you know, compared to most people, I'm not the average guy, um, whether that's from my size or my personality or anything else. So um, 
and I haven't built my team based upon, um, you know, normal team components, you know, so, you know, Jeff is an investor and Corey used to be a contractor and, you know, John is an attorney and I've um, built a team with people with um, unique but applicable skills, kind of the same as I have. I came with skills that were an asset and I've looked for, and I've added agents that um, have skills that are an asset to the company. Well, you're creating a diverse group that can be. Yeah, yeah. and Bernie's background was in um, energy audits. Right, So he has a unique background too. Yeah. And um, Molly's is, um, Molly's the only one on the team that has a piece of me in her. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So it makes yeah. sure that's, makes, that's make, family right there. Yeah, right? yeah that, that, that piece of me, though, she um, really does. She's probably the closest to me that you'll find of yeah. any other person in the that's world, awesome. even though she, you know, she's a girl version of me. But that's awesome. No, and Molly Odyssey is awesome. She is great. Yeah. She's doing good. But uh, when, when I hear Brian speak of the unique skills, it just comes back to my mind of Liam Neeson. Right in that movie, <laughs> he's um, got yeah. Oh my gosh, what's the name of that movie? Taken, Taken. Yeah, you know. And I, if you haven't seen it, it's uh, it's crazy, very action packed movie. With Liam Neeson, but he gets on the phone. He's like, I have a, a unique set of skills. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, awesome. and he does. Uh, he does. Yeah. But Brian is the Liam Neeson of real estate. He does have a unique set of skills, and that's what makes him successful. Brian, you know, we always love picking your brain, especially now that we have this open mic time here uh, for the show. But again, I need to reiterate to everyone listening, you know, Brian has not only shown or, you know, success in the years that he's been in this business, but he's actually, you know, set up a, 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 a business model that ideally, if we can package that, Brent, I mean, and, and hand it to all our agents. I mean, it is that paper cut. You know, you can really tell the story on how to be successful. It's kind of like the, the, the how to do it in real estate, right, mm-hmm. and how to be successful. I would say Brian has definitely uh, has done that because, I mean, nine years, people say, oh, that's a long time. But no, folks, this industry and what he's, how he's been able to produce those numbers obviously says a lot more than just the sales itself. It says that he does have the proper skill set to do this business, capture the business, retain the business because well, it is and important. I want to say something. My, um, so I'm third generation self-employed. So my grandfather had his own business. Entrepreneurs and, all the and way my through. Mom had her own business and I've had my own business. Mm-hmm. So when I went to college and I took all those hours, it was because I planned to have a business. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, that drive is something that, you know, you know, because I was going to college, I was working full time at Walmart, I graduated, and I had all my bills paid from my college education, I took 20 to 22 hours a semester, and my dad was working on his doctor's degree, and I drove him to Columbia two to three days a week, I'd leave at one Mm o'clock and drive him down to class and pick him up and get home about 1130 and go to bed and do it again. Yeah. And so I've been you have that mindset of I, how that I, I've been going hard and some people go, well, how do you do it? I, I don't, there's not otherwise. The other thing I like, there's about no plan B. Yeah. But I, I like the other yeah. thing that Brian does too, is he's picked out somebody is a little bit, had a little bit more volume than him and he keeps track of that. And that's, that's how he has fun with it. Cause you know, you see that person hit 30, then that's the 30 he can hit. He sees that person hit 40, then he knows that 40 he can hit that to me is the part of the business that becomes fun. Mm-hmm. And I always, I always analogize that back to how much fun would it be if you get out on a 
football field and everybody gets there and you say, oh, by the way, uh, turn off that clock and turn off the scoreboard. Okay, let's play now. Nobody wants to do that. And that's and that's the fun be, part. They're going to be keeping track of that <laughs> somehow. Somebody, some doing shape or form, exactly. But so, you're right to that, Brent. It's it's important to know where you are on the field so you can make the plays you want to make. And if you're not paying attention to that, you're just getting up and you're being reactionary. So I, it's one thing I see about your business, Brian. You look at it as a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, the steps that you take are planned steps that you see how you know if you're bringing somebody in, you're bringing them in because they fit that slot. And, and that grows to a, something that you're trying to stay into your action plays. You can't do everything. There's not enough hours in the day. But you have a, an assembled team that allows you to continue to move down the field. And I think that's very cool. Yeah. And um, I know that my knowledge I brought with me has been valuable. And I try to recognize what skills somebody else has that they're bringing to the equation that isn't just what they learned in real estate. Yeah. That makes total sense. Brian, what motivates you, man? What motivates you? What gets you going? What is it? Cause I want to um, talk about Brian, not necessarily Brian in work, uh, in business. I want to talk about Brian out of business. What, what motivates you? What's your family? What's all that about? What do you love doing? Talk to um, us, man. Cause there's gotta be something that motivates you outside of business that drives you to business. Right. But there's gotta be stuff out there. I like working. <laughs> that's a really good that's a really good help right there you enjoy working that's excellent and, um so you know so that work ethic is um you know that's good um as far as um i showed a i i got a new new vehicle here in the last few weeks and, uh-oh you know it's my first vehicle that i don't have i can set the seat i don't have to put it all the way back um, brian's six foot six so, yeah. so, so people that don't know who how tall brian is he's six foot six yeah and let me tell you something when i have to give a hug to brian for not that i have to i want to <laughs> when he's getting these all these awards like i literally i am five foot nothing guys i tell people that but i'm five six five six and a half but it, it, it's a very it makes for a fun entertaining yeah. picture it's a great picture hugs, Go ahead. hugs my waist yeah, so absolutely i hug his waist yeah yeah. So, um, but all right. So I have this vehicle, and I, I'm I'm really happy with it. But and then I was showing a farm here, and that farm I was showing is beautiful. I was like, oh man. And they were the the buyers were excited about it, and I was looking at it, and I, I was thinking, man, if I hadn't bought that vehicle, I could have made a really good. <laughs> and then my next thought is, is if I bought that farm, my wife would never go to it <laughs> and, um, because my wife loves to go to Disney. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and I want you to talk about it because yeah. these guys so have They are awesome, Disney. They, they so are. We have timeshares and, you know, people talk about timeshares are scams and they're just a tool to accomplish a goal. And sure. if that tool accomplishes your goal, it's money well spent. Absolutely. And um, so, yeah, we'll go to Disney in December and we'll be back in Disney in February and we'll go again in this May. I already have, you know, those trips planned and, and, um, yeah, one year I spent five, five weeks at Disney and, um, cool that? still, that's you know. the kind of families Disney likes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They like <laughs> Mickey Mouse knows well, my first right. <laughs> except for, you know, you know, we're able to stay in a timeshare that's already paid for. And that's even better. That's even better. That takes a lot of cost out of it. Absolutely. Know, so, you know, but, um, so, you know, so, so that's enjoyable. I mean, I do enjoy, I, I enjoy spending, so I enjoy working and I enjoy spending time with my wife. Mm-hmm. And if that's where my wife wants to be. Where I'm happy. Yeah, you control you know? your time. Yeah, that's great. So you know, and but when we go, I still work. You yeah, know, so. yeah. It, 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 to state the obvious, it, when you join the you, you, when you become a real estate professional, you know, work goes with you. Whether yeah. you're vacationing around the country, outside the country. Yeah, 
Yeah, it goes with you guys. At, at first, you know, my wife would get upset. You know, we're on vacation. You're not supposed to be working. And um, then, you know, one day I was just like, you realize I, I just took a five-minute phone call. And I may have had to stepped off to the side here, you know, next to this little shop or something. But five minutes later, we're getting on a ride. And I may spend two or three hours of that day working. But I'm spending 20-something hours with you in Florida at Disney. That's a great, and, that's and, a great and, outlook. And, and that made sense. And so since then... You know, the thing that let us be there isn't a nuisance while we are there. Absolutely. Because it's just facilitating the fact yeah. that I get to go. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, you know, uh, this industry is definitely a twofold industry. You, you, you know, the reality is, let's call it what it is. Let's, let's really knock it out. The divorce rate in real estate is just as bad as it is in law enforcement. Right. So if you don't protect your, 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 your family, you know, you, you don't have a good understanding of how this industry works and business wise, you know, unfortunately, certain things could happen within your marriage. It just says, look, we're not seeing that eye anymore. But the good thing is to have also a spouse and a partner and or partner that understand the type of environment of business you're in. And once that becomes, you know, uh, um, uh, obvious. OK, I get it. And that supports there. You feel comfortable. But you're right. You get to do so much in this industry that that allows you to do things that you weren't able to do in the past. I mean, five weeks in Disney World, man. Mm-hmm. How cool is that? Yeah. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'll probably be there, you know, in the next year, I'll probably be there four or five times again. That's awesome. <clears throat> you know, and, you know, and it's, uh, you know, some people are, oh, there's not that much to do. I don't know about Disney. If anybody <laughs> yeah, has exactly. any Disney questions, yeah. call me. I'll yeah, I'm going to put you in my in contact with my nephew, Gabriel. He's a big Disney guy, too. Him and his family try to go at least twice a year. Yeah. But he, they're huge advocates but towards there, it. There's so much to do that people don't think about or you know, because you have access to all the resorts and there's great restaurants. And so if you like food, Disney's a great place to go. If you yeah, there's not going to be an issue it's there. Just, you, know, you're not only, you don't have to eat park food. It's good restaurants. That's right. So, That's yeah. right. Brian, for the listeners out there, right, please, uh, how do they get a hold of you? Um, they can reach me at... Um, Your cell phone? My cell phone. My cell number is 314-401-1696. It's always on me. That's all. It's, and he really answers there seven days a week, guys. <laughs> yeah, he does. So I do. What about an email? You have your email? Yeah. My email is sohn, S-O-H-N, cells, S-E-L-L-S, the number four and the letter U at gmail.com. Awesome. And, and then um, social media. Yeah, Can't forget you, that. You can find me on you know social media, on Facebook, on Google Maps. You know, you can find me on my Zillow profile. Um, it's you awesome. Know, but, yeah, so it's it's easy. Just search me. Um, I found two other Brian Stones the other day when I did a search. I didn't know existed. So there are others. <laughs> there are other Brian Stones. <laughs> but there's only one Brian Stone realtor. That's so. right. That's the one that's we talked right. to today. That's, and that's what we're talking about. <laughs> well, guys, listen up. It's a pleasure, Brian, to have you always on our show. Thank you for the insight. We are coming back again next week. We want to thank Brian. Brian, man, you were awesome. Brent, it was a good it one, man. It was a good one. It was a good one. Thank you, everybody. And that is it. That's a wrap for the Getting It Right Show.